welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Have you signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter yet? Wow, there are people receiving that here in the U.S., as well as in Canada, Italy, Mexico, the U.K., Switzerland, Australia, Poland, Sweden, Germany, even Costa Rica. So do be sure that you have signed up at nhte.net for that. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, my guest is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist whose latest release was a seven-song album last September. Despite the pandemic, he has still been very active playing shows live in 2021 alone, including multiple dates in Wisconsin, North Dakota, and there in Minnesota, plus many more upcoming including a booking as far out as early August already. Whether as a solo artist or with his band, he has routinely performed over 200 shows per year, including some of the top country music festivals in the U.S. Along the way, they have performed at events that have also included the likes of Lee Bryce, Ronnie Millsap, Jared Neiman, Easton Corbin, and more. Last year, he and his band even started a tribute featuring the music of the legendary band Alabama, You've been hearing one of his original songs called Anywhere. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Shane Martin. Hey, Bruce. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on. You bet, Shane. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking to you. I appreciate you doing this because I know this has been a busy time for you. Let's dive right in by having you tell the audience about the song of yours that was just playing called Anywhere. Yeah, uh, this is one of those songs, and I always like to do this on my my album projects. Is just have a good, fun, up tempo love song, and, uh, and that's what this is. This song is all about. It's about being willing to go anywhere with the one you love, and it doesn't matter where you go as long as you're together. It's uh, you're just gonna have a good time and 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 be in love with that person. And I, I love singing this one live, and it, it goes well playing solo and with my band and uh, I think a lot of my fans enjoy it and maybe I'm reading too much into it but when you say I always love putting one of these on my album projects is it take my word on it Bruce these are easy to write or do you actually get to where you say gosh I always like to put an up-tempo fun love song and I don't have one I need to write one how, how does that work I, I think it's it's the latter of what you said it's for me, songwriting, we can dip more into the songwriting process later, talking more, but uh, it, it's, for me, it kind of, it's harder to write that fun, up-tempo love song, because you don't want to get too cheesy. It's easy to get, you know, pretty cheesy and lovey-dovey, and I always like to have a little edge to my music and my lyrics, mm. and uh, it's always a balance to find that where it, it doesn't get too, like, bubblegum lovey-dovey <laughs> and but still have a little edge and and then still have some good meaning behind it because we've everything's been done with the love song it's like how how different can you say it mm. is uh is is kind of the challenge and it's uh, it's a fun challenge i i really enjoy songwriting and that whole process well, listeners shane was just telling us about anywhere one song from his music catalog there's someone else who over a handful of episodes of this show i've been telling you has launched a podcast of his own talking all about music from his extensive catalog. It's a man who has had what you might call a most varied career as a composer and record producer. And his name is Peter Link, twice nominated for a Tony Award on Broadway and with a million-selling record to his credit and winner of the New York Theater Critics Drama Desk Award. Peter Link has seen great success in film scoring, Broadway musicals, pop music, gospel, television, and he's even written ballets for the Joffrey Ballet. Now his podcast, Scattershot Symphony, is making a splash on the global stage with downloads in more than 50 countries, listeners all the way from Manhattan to L.A., 
and Montreal to Mogadishu can hear Peter share his life's work through a series of musical arrangements and anecdotes that inspired the music. The podcast explores topics like romance in the episode Songs of Love and Heartbreak, or the influence gospel music has had on him in the episode The Gospel Truth. That sounds fun, right? That's Scattershot Symphony, the music of Peter Link. Look for it wherever you get podcasts. Shane, I know we've got other topics we want to talk about, but just getting back to your song Anywhere that you were talking about, which got played at the start of this episode, I mentioned in the intro that last September you released a seven-song album with that actually being the title track. You are based in Minnesota and one of the top draws in the Midwest, but share with the audience about recording that latest album and actually others before it in Nashville. Yeah, I've I've always kind of started my projects here in Minnesota, doing a lot of writing, and uh, I took my first trip out to Nashville in 2009. It was really a, a huge eye-opener to me as far as the, the whole songwriting world and really taking recording to a, a whole other level, being able to track with just world-class studio musicians, where back in Minnesota, I would just kind of track with you know, the guys I knew and myself and not really knowing how to, you know, put the things together. And when you're recording with these pro players, there's no question of timing or in tune or what to do with the song. So it mm. it kind of took my songwriting to a whole new level of not having to worry about that stuff wow. and getting their input and uh, just taking my song to what it would sound like on the radio. And that's... Uh, it was a great experience for me to do that. And I'm like, after I experienced that first time recording there in 2010, I'm like, I got to continue doing this because <laughs> I'm not going to go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, commuting back and forth to Nashville, I've driven it a few times and uh, I fly most of the time, but it, it's well worth, it was well worth it for me as an artist and uh, musician and songwriter, just continue that track of just taking my songs and the album projects to a, to a whole new level. And this, this last album anywhere, I, I almost didn't get it finished. I had three songs recorded already and then the pandemic hit and I had studio time booked in Nashville with my longtime producer engineer, uh, Kenny Royster, great guy. And we've written a ton of songs together as well. And it was right when this whole nonsense was going on is last March mid-March and it was probably a couple weeks before that and I had a flight booked studio time booked and my wife was like you got to cancel this you can't go and part of me was like thinking maybe I should I'm like I can't cancel I have to do this yeah so I literally I canceled my flight rented a car and just drove down there by myself mm. and recorded the, the next four songs and it was really bizarre because we were all kind of is this a, is this real? How, you know, in the studio, the musicians were a little tentative and we kind of mustered through it. And as I was there, the state of Minnesota went on lockdown. Mm. I'm like, am I going to, am I going to get back in the state? <laughs> <laughs> driving back? It was, and then I, I drove back and I, I, I didn't want to get a hotel because I, I didn't want to deal with that. So I, I pretty much just passed out in my car in a parking lot somewhere. And then through Missouri, I actually went through a hailstorm, had a big hail claim on the on their wow. car rental. Wow. So I, I did make it back and I'm glad I did. And I was actually going to postpone the release of it just because I couldn't get out as much playing live to support it. But I just, I felt like, you know what? People need this. I need to get out the music and I don't want to delay it. So, uh, I had a big release show, was able to do it outdoors oh. in uh, September, had a a great turnout, and uh, been kind of just pushing it ever since. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did because it was, I don't like to put things off because you tend not to move forward. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to, to get the, this collection of songs out and start, you know, working towards the next one and, and, and kind of push this one as I... I'm able to get get out and play more. Yeah, well said, well said. And I liked the story that you told about the first time 
working in Nashville because it kind of is that old expression, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And so you went there and your eyes were really opened up. And by the way, listeners, I do want to make sure that I point out Shane mentioned his producer, Kenny Royster, who, by the way, happens to be an Emmy Award winning engineer and producer. So obviously Nashville had a lot of benefits for you. Shane, depending on someone's particular location, they might be surprised to hear about all of your live shows that I had alluded to in the intro. I should point out that last year, April was the only month that you did not do any in-person shows, although you did lots of live streams. So just talk about 2020. How were you able to still stay so active despite the pandemic going on? Because I want the audience to understand, you did a lot of shows. I'm not getting off on a technicality like, oh, Bruce says April was the only month Shane didn't do any in-person shows, but there were some months he only did one or two. I mean, you stayed really busy. Yeah, I was uh, pretty fortunate. Uh, and a lot of it is because I I do a lot of solo shows. That's kind of been my bread and butter. And I do have a full band as well. But doing this solo show that I do and a lot of these venues wanted to kind of even though they were restricted they wanted to kind of keep business moving uh, and thankfully they were they were wanted to keep bringing people out and and keep the live music alive not all venues but there's was, there's was quite a few and I've got a, a great relationship with a, a lot of clubs around the Minneapolis area and thankfully they wanted to continue to have some live music and, and bring people out and, and people needed that. We needed to get out of the house. I needed to, <laughs> and my fans and music, live music lovers and, and just get out and, and just kind of be somewhat normal, even though you're restricted at the venue that themselves, but uh, very fortunate that I was able to do that. And, uh, and I did quite a few live streams too, like you mentioned in April, and that was a whole nother learning curve. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm more of the live guy and, and, and playing that to a, a computer screen or my phone was just <laughs> it, one. It was very bizarre. Uh, and I know the live streaming is a, is a whole nother world, but, um, but it, it was fun. It, and, and when we got all shut down here in the state, that was another thing that I think all my fans and music lovers enjoyed because we couldn't get out. So it's like, okay, what can we do? And they, they were able to, jump on Facebook or my live stream and just kind of enjoy my music and being together, even though we're all apart. No doubt. So that was a, that was a very cool thing. And for anyone out there who is an up and coming performer, I want to go back to two things from what Shane just mentioned in terms of how he was able to get all that work in 2020. I want you to hear how he said about the relationships that he has with the venues. So you can't just go into a place perform, pick up your check, and walk out. You need to establish relationships with those people because here it is a time when, as Shane was describing, they said, well, we still want music. You know, we want to give people some kind of an outlet. Let's call Shane. The other thing is you can't emphasize enough the importance of building up a following. The reason that they're calling Shane is they like him, they like his show, but they also know, well, Shane has a following, and so he's going to bring people in. Our business is hurting. We need butts in the seats, as they say. So they know that when they call Shane Martin, they're going to get a good show, they're going to get someone they know and like, and they're going to get someone who's got a following. So if you're an up-and-coming performer, write those things down, and if you've heard them before, write them down again, because Shane's here to testify to how important those are. But at the same time now, Shane, I do wonder, what was your take on the way that the pandemic affected live music? And for that matter, what do you see as the future of live music? Yeah, it was a, it was a big hit to you know pretty much every performing artist, musician, uh, you know, comedian. I mean, you talk to anybody in the performing world, and I, I my heart goes out more so to the the live music venues because at least as a performer, um, we could do some streaming and and kind of work what we can. But as a venue, if you're shut down, well, there's nothing you can do. Mm. Besides, besides maybe serve some takeout, which that that's not going to keep the lights on. Yeah. So it it, it was a, just a very tough time for everybody in the performing world. And I know there's quite a few bands and artists I know in the Twin Cities that, you know, kind of just went back to the day job thing because we all got to put food on the table and, and make an income. And this is my main source of income. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to kind of like figure this out. One, how do I 
maintain my my music and my fan base and not just fade out? And two, how do I keep some income coming in? And the live streaming was kind of the only thing when mm. the the entire state is shut down. You can't you can't go out. Yeah. So, as I mentioned earlier, that was a, kind of a learning curve for me. Uh, it was enjoyable to kind of just sit down and and just play these songs really dig into the song and it is when you're playing live it's a lot more free flowing so it's playing to uh, a live stream setting was was it was a different animal for me and uh, and I couldn't do my whole my whole one man band shows more so just on acoustic guitar and that was a cool thing just to get back down to the song and singing and I think a lot of people enjoyed that but for the future it's uh, I mean things are opening up you know, it seems to be every every day now, and I'm able to get out again more so with my solo because these live music venues they want to continue to have live music. The challenge is they're they're still restricted, at least where I'm from, that a lot of them can't justify having a full band yet. Mm. So I, my full band just hasn't been able to get out. We actually had to play over in North Dakota in Fargo, which is just on. <laughs> the other side of the border from Minnesota and it's like wide open there. Wow. So I'm really hoping uh, the summer is looking is packed by calendars packed because a, a lot of it was from everything that got canceled last summer pretty much just moved over and um, filling in dates actually just before we got on the phone I was got a call from another venue for some outdoor events and booked a few more shows nice. so everybody is anxious and wanting to get things back to somewhat normal and the, the calendar's looking great and the, the expectation is looking good. We just don't know what the restrictions are going to be, at least in my, and every state's different. Yeah. You know, across the country, I just heard Texas is just wide open now. No restrictions. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I got to do a Texas tour. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, you know, I think even outside of that, I think the, the live, the live streaming too, it, it kind of just took on a whole new avenue for for a lot of artists and and i think some are going to continue that because even fans are, are maybe some aren't don't feel comfortable yet going to a concert so they they'll sit and stream so i think it's going to be a process of of kind of getting back to where we were um but i think it's going to take a while and i sure hope some of these venues that that are still hanging on can still hang on i know there's a handful that have just closed down which is sad yeah but uh hopefully when things turn around it can uh, start to ramping up to where it was but you make a great point about the streaming from the fan side of things because i like that you said there are some folks who just might not feel comfortable still going out of the house and so there is an audience there there is an opportunity there for performers to say even though some venues are opening back up i don't have to abandon streaming altogether there's still going to be some people who are going to sit and watch without a problem so that's something very much for artists to continue to keep in mind shane let's break down these different configurations that you offer you've mentioned this once or twice let's talk first about your one-man band show how did that come about yeah, it was. Uh, I kind of fell into it where I was playing with a, a couple different bands, and the bands fell apart. And then I started just doing an acoustic show on the U of M campus huh. every Sunday night, just playing acoustic guitar and singing songs. And it was a fun gig. It was a weekly thing, and people seemed to enjoy it. And and I started just think, well, how can I add on to this show without adding another musician? I, I love the, the intimacy of just the, the solo thing, and I started. Well, I can uh, I can tap my foot here. I can I, so I strapped a tambourine to my foot, and kind of mic that up. So now I got a little rhythm section, and then I started thinking, well, how else can I add to it? It's like, well, I got another foot here. <laughs> what else can I do? <laughs> so I I came up with this. Uh, I had to do do some research, but there's this. It's kind of like an organ pedal. Uh, it's an octave and it, it runs MIDI and I used a keyboard and I put it on a bass sound. So I would basically play bass with my left foot and tambourine with my right and sing. And I remember when I first started doing it, it was, I know how drummers feel because you're getting all your limbs going in different directions. And my, my brain was in <laughs> with too many directions, but 
it was a, it was a unique experience, but once I got the hang of it, it was kind of like riding a bike and, and it really added to my sound and I keep, I kept on adding to it. Then I got into looping and I got a looper pedal. And for a lot of years, that was my setup and it was, it was cool. And uh, about a year ago, right when this, the pandemic kind of hit, I, I started to, well, how can I do this better or change this up? And I, I got a, a bigger looper pedal and I, I got away with sitting down because I had to sit down to play bass and, and tambourine. And uh, now I've, I've got a, an octave pedal on my loop pedal, which I can basically sounds like a bass guitar. And I, I hit my guitar in rhythm patterns for like a drum pattern. I'll loop a guitar chord progression and it sounds just as full as what I used to have, but now I can stand up and move around, which is it's easier to sing and just be more active with the crowd. And I'm really enjoying that. And so, yeah, people started calling me the one man band and, uh, <laughs> it's uh, people enjoy it because it's not just a, a guy just barking out Neil Young songs on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> it's, it's, a full, it's, it's a full meal deal. It's hard to explain until you see it and hear it. And, and when you said I can stand up, you know, that kind of adds in the word show. Yeah. You know, I think that makes a difference of sitting somewhere and watching somebody who's sitting on the stage and they look like they're so busy trying to operate everything they have with them versus, okay, now he's up moving around. So this is a one-man band show. And listeners, I'd be remiss if I didn't send you back to a couple of prior episodes of the show. I will put links to both of these interviews on Shane's show page on nhte.net so you can go back and hear them and ironically they both happen to have been recorded on location episode 288 if you never heard it Carl Walkner he's based in Nashville he's actually from Australia originally uh, he does a lot of performing with the loop station the loop pedal as Shane's talking about uh, as does Brian Fitzy uh, that was episode 165 and Brian is out of kind of the tri-state area uh, Philadelphia, and we actually did our interview at the NAM show in Anaheim. So go back and listen to Brian and Carl talking about what they're doing with the loop pedal, as Shane's been talking about. So, Shane, next is let's talk about the band that I mentioned in the intro has performed with you at venues and events around the country. What size is your band? Who all is in the band? Meaning names, and what does each guy do? Yeah, we're a four-piece band and uh, just a great group of guys. I, I consider them my, my brothers, and actually my, my drummer is my cousin. Uh. And we've been playing for well over 20 years. Wow. He kind of started with me when I when I, when I I started to expand Wow, bigger than my solo. So yeah, Sean Cole is back on the drums. So we've known each other since we were kids, banging on pots and pans and making noise. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of have that that family, you know, feeling between us and the and the friendship and so he's been my longtime drummer and uh, guitar player brad nelson uh kind of met him through sean they played in the church together phenomenal guitar player he's played in multiple different bands uh, throughout his uh, career and just fell right into place and uh, bass player is mike may he's been with us about six years and he's kind of our tech guy because he anything tech savvy with we have problems on stage with this, that, and the other thing. It just, just ask Mike. He'll, he'll figure it out. <laughs> great, great bass player, and we just have a, a really fun chemistry between us. We've been playing so long. We, we kind of know what we're doing on stage. And one of the biggest things I, I love about our group is the, the vocal harmonies. You know, my, my drummer Sean plays, sings a lot of the higher harmonies, and Brad sings some, sings the lower ones typically. And then uh, even Mike will jump on the, on the microphone too, and just add to that and. That, that that really stands out with a, a lot of shows we do, and we get a lot of compliments from fans and uh, people that hear us. This, those vocal harmonies that that stick out, and I've always enjoyed that too. When I when I listen to bands um, like Alabama and the Eagles and, and those type of groups, so yeah, we've done a ton of uh, fairs, festivals, major country festivals. We have a, a bunch on the calendar this year: uh, Lee Fest, Country Fest, Twin Cities Summer Jam, with some some big name country artists and uh we're looking forward to getting back on those stages because we we missed it all last year yeah yeah <laughs> it was a big bummer it was a bummer summer clarify something for me then uh, later on in this interview i'm going to be asking you 
about your songwriting process. But when you're talking about this band that you have, and y'all have been together for a while, so when you do go to Nashville to record, are any of them coming with you? You know, and and what about the songwriting as it relates to these other guys in the band, or is it no? I just do all the writing myself, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I do all the writing myself. Um, when I first started kind of digging more into songwriting. Uh, I was kind of jamming more with the band uh, that we play live and we'd, we'd kind of come up with parts and, and do this, that, and the other thing. And that was fun, but I kind of got more into, okay, the jamming of the band is one thing and that's live. And we can always, we always take my songs that I record and we, we do our own thing with them mm-hmm. and kind of extend them and double a chorus at the end and do that whole thing. But once I started getting more into songwriting, it's like, I'm writing the songs and and traveling to Nashville and and using the caps there. Not that I wouldn't want to use my band, which one of these days I want to. Okay. It's, it's a lot of just scheduling, and it okay for me. It's about getting it kind of getting it getting it done in a, a efficient manner, and it's it's tough when sure. everybody's here and to travel to Nashville and and do that whole thing. It's just sure it's not feasible right now. Okay. Okay. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Shane Martin. Visit his official website at shanemartin.com. There is a store on his website where you can purchase Shane's music as well as a wide variety of merchandise. Plus, there are links for his social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. His music is on Spotify, approximately a 1,000 monthly listeners on there. But support Shane by purchasing downloads of his music from iTunes. You heard him talk about the album he put out last September called Anywhere. And check ShaneMartin.com to see where and when you can see him perform live. Remember that if you have or if someone you know has questions, you or they need help with your or their music career or even with podcasting, I do offer private one-on-one video consultations. My company... Now Hear This, Inc. has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years. In fact, there are articles on the homepage of the website about the two newest clients. And of course, I've been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz, to not only read about those two newest clients, but for the article titled Video Consultations Now Available, and then use the link in there to get a personal session scheduled with me. Shane, you talked about your one-man band shows and the full band shows. What about the Alabama tribute show? Tribute bands have been a real big thing, so I wonder how did y'all pick Alabama as the band that you wanted to represent so extensively? Yeah, as you just mentioned, uh, the tribute shows have been a, a huge thing. I'm not sure around the country, but definitely in the Midwest. A lot of these tribute bands are, are popping up and they're becoming very popular. And uh, I've talked about it with my band of, you know, what could we do? I'm always talking with the group, like, what what, what can we do to kind of expand our show and, and the fan base? And kind of the tribute band kind of kept on popping up. And we were talking about, well, what what's not being done already out here? Mm. There's the, you got the Tom Petty tribute, you got Johnny Cash, and a couple other tributes and I think our group is is strong enough musically to kind of do a lot of different varieties not just country we thought about maybe we just do a change and do an 80s tribute to something but there's a lot of that going on and it really just hit me as we were coming back from a North Dakota a weekend of shows is is Alabama we've already been doing kind of a little medley of, of two or three Alabama songs and it always goes over fantastically ah. and no matter what what scene no matter what crowd what setting everybody loves it and i spoke earlier about vocal harmonies it's like it's right in our wheelhouse mm. and we started pulling up alabama on on spotify and as you know i mean it's just like one hit after another yeah there's not a limit of songs you can play and we started making a list of oh, this would be a good one this would be a good one i mean every song is a home run they got how many number one hits and and radio hits <laughs> so and part of it okay this is this is going to be it um I'm like well i gotta come up with a name and i thought of songs of the south 
it's kind of a play off one of their songs and that totally fit and then it was like okay we need uh, another player because if you're going to have an Alabama tribute, you better have a fiddle in the band. Mm. And we didn't we didn't have that. So I, I started doing some research and putting the word out and uh, recruited a, a phenomenal fiddle player, utility player. He plays guitar, keyboard, and mandolin. Just the absolutely perfect fit for for this group. And he was all in. He's, he's been playing in a couple different country bands uh, around the Twin Cities, and he was kind of just doing his own thing solo, so he was uh, definitely open to it. And uh, from there it was like, okay, now we need a show <laughs> on the calendar <laughs> to try, you know, what do we, we could just sit and learn all these songs, then what? Yeah. So I got a hold of a, a venue in town, a theater that we played uh, quite a few times with my with my full band, and They've done a ton of tribute shows, and they love the idea, love the Alabama tribute. Mm. And we we booked a couple shows. One, they actually own two theaters, one in, outside of the Twin Cities and one in St. Cloud. So we had a couple shows on the books. Okay, now we got something to work for. Yeah. And we had our first uh, show was scheduled in, uh, when was it? It was this summer. And... <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. The, the, it was an outdoor show. Weather was perfect leading up to it. That day was a complete washout. Oh no! <laughs> we had to we had to cancel the show. Oh no! Wow! <laughs> Out of all the things that happened, and I guess looking at it, it was I wouldn't say it was a blessing in disguise, but it was. We were able to reschedule it uh, a month and a half later, so that gave us that much more time to work on these songs. Mm and promoted mm-hmm. and we we sold out the show wow it, it it turned out phenomenal and then we did another uh show in town uh this last fall before they kind of shut things down again it was a limited seating and mm-hmm. it was fun to get that back on the on the stage and we we actually have a couple more booked for this summer and i want to build on it because people as i mentioned they love alabama it's it's the type of music that will never go out of style, and there will always be a fan base that wants to see and hear Alabama songs, because every song you're going to know. But you're saying that you market those as Song of the South, not Shane Martin and his band perform the music of Alabama. Right, and I, I haven't kind of defined that, but it, basically it's, yeah, I call it Songs of the South, Alabama Tribute. Mm-hmm. Shane Martin presents. It depends on how we're marketing it. We only had a couple of shows, so I see. I see. It, it could be one or one or the other. Yeah. But I mean, it's really it's not about me anyway. It's about Alabama. Yeah. Although I should say I do I do sneak one or two of my original songs ah. in that Alabama show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just to say, hey, I do write my own stuff. Yeah. By the way, here's cool. one of my songs. Here's my CD, and then now we're back to Alabama. Cool. You know, love. Cool. Well, and I want the audience to pick up on the fact that Shane said that when they were thinking about this, they thought about, well, what other tribute bands are out there? Because I had said, how did you pick Alabama's who you wanted to represent? And you could find a band that you say, well, this is who we'd like to do. But if you've got in your area alone, you know, the guys in the band can all name off, you know, four or five other tribute bands that are all doing that one artist. That's when you have to say, okay, let's figure out who's not being presented in a tribute band format and if we know enough of their stuff and we can represent it nicely then maybe that's who we should do so i i, I like kind of backing into it that way yeah but so clarify for me then shane your summer concert schedule for 2021 you started to list off a couple of events before but just talk about some of what's booked and and you know whether those are solo shane is it is it the band is it songs of the south what what does what does the summer look like for this year and and which configuration is playing those shows yeah yeah there's a lot of uh as as you know, in summertime I mean Midwest here in Minnesota, especially you get three months of, of beautiful weather that you want to be outside. So I do a ton of outdoor patio stuff doing my solo show, Okay, which is filled in a lot of, of more weekday stuff. Some weekends, uh, my full band is, uh, is hitting a lot of the more, the bigger fair festivals on the, on the weekends, street mm-hmm. dances, county fairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Lakes Jam is a big, 
a festival that has rock and country. A country fest is in Kadat, Wisconsin, some big name artists. Twin Cities Summer Jam, this is kind of their their second run at it because last year it was canceled. It's a big outdoor, different genre festival. Like one day they'll mix in country with rock and uh, we're playing that Saturday. Zach Brown Band is the headliner. Wow. Uh, we're kicking off that stage, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, a lot of music in the parks with the full band. Like a lot of counties and cities will put on uh, music in the park where they'll, they'll get different bands mm-hmm. that play for an hour and a half, which is a lot of fun. Because a lot of people in Minnesota, they'll they'll be heading out of town, going up north to their cabins on the weekends. So mm-hmm. during the week is a good time for the music in the parks. Uh, so we got a lot of that. And I do have the Alabama Tribute Show. We're going to do one of them in early June. Uh, at that outdoor facility and then there's another date we have on the calendar later august for a a festival in in northern minnesota i've got a couple of county fairs on the calendar which are always fun traveling around the state and uh in the minnesota state fair i've been playing probably the last five six years i play at one of the venues there just solo it's an afternoon set okay and I basically, and that's kind of my my last run of the summer where I do like literally 15, 16 shows in a row wow. every day. Wow. And one of them actually coincides with that Alabama tribute. So I got to sing during the day and then run up north <laughs> and do the Alabama show. And then the next day head back to the state fair. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so it's definitely a vocal workout and I need to pace myself. For sure. Because that's a lot of singing continuously. Um so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this summer. It's looking good right now. I just hope everything can be still wide yeah, open. Yeah. I think everybody is planning to be planning to kind of have a full-blown fair festival, but we just don't know how things are going to turn out, but I'm I'm staying positive. So just to clarify, if someone's listening to this interview and they say I want to go see Shane perform, should they look at your social media like where will they know whether it's solo Shane or whether it's the whole band or whether it's Songs of the South? Yeah, it's it's pretty clear on uh, my website and even social media. I, okay. On my uh, calendar on my website, I'll even put next to the the date in parentheses solo. Okay. Uh, band. Okay. Or uh, Alabama tribute. So when when people are want to come see me, they know they're going to get the one man band show or full band or the Alabama tribute. Okay. That's a good point because I for a while I've just had. Well, we're playing, and people are like, well, I thought you were your full band. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> well, let's get back to your original music for a minute. Let's go ahead and have you talk about your songwriting process. We kind of talked around that a couple times earlier on. Yeah. Um, I think when I first started writing songs 20-some years ago, it all just kind of came from playing a lot of cover songs and just jamming on chord progressions with a band and then just coming up with some some lyrics behind it that kind of fit and had a mood and a, and a feeling and i thought that's kind of what what the songwriting process was about you know some people liked it and and then what, again when i get go back to when i first took that trip to nashville and listening to these hit songwriters play their songs and then i look at the ones i wrote i'm like I got a lot of work to do here. Mm. (laughs) What is this song really about? Wow. And especially, especially in country music, you know, in pop music, it can be a little more vague, but even in that, I think this day and age, there's still a story behind the songs. If you really dig into it. So I really just started, uh, you know, looking at the craft of songwriting, you know, how the verses are put together and the choruses and, and the rhyming patterns and all this stuff and the structures of songs and and the more I dig I dug into it the better I got and the more I felt I needed to learn and uh, and then I started co-writing with other writers which is a whole nother process and a good one because now you got a another brain and another outlook on the song and that was a fun process so for me this these days I'm always I'm jotting down lyrics and and then coming up with the melodies and it's when people ask, well, how do you start with the song? Is it the, the title or the the melody? And it's, it's really the never, it's never the same process twice, mm. which is fun. And a lot of times it is the, the hook that you start with. It's always easier to, 
write to something that you know you're going to write about. But uh, speaking of the song Anywhere, that was a completely different. I tried a whole new process with that one where I just, okay, I want something up-tempo. I put on a drum pattern. No music, no nothing at 120 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just started singing melodies with no instruments because wow. I'm always the, the guy with the guitar. I always have to have a guitar in my hand. I'm like, <laughs> and I read this somewhere. Put, you put your instrument down. Try something new. Mm. Just, just sing melodies. Because when you think about a song, you sing the melody. You don't sing the chord progression. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. So I just started singing different melodies to this. Wow. And, and, and just random, just random words, just nonsense. Didn't mm-hmm. mean anything. Mm-hmm. And I came up with kind of the chorus. I had that melody down. Like, oh, this, this kind of fits and it, it wraps up nice where you can hear where the hook would be, the anywhere hook. And then from there, for some reason, when I was listening back, I kind of had that that sound of anywhere in there. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then started molding that around the lyric and put the chorus together and then worked backwards and, and have that verse complement the, the chorus. And, and it, was, it was weird because when I, when I sang the melody, I didn't have an instrument. So mm. I started to put an instrument to it. That was the key that I used. It was, it was the perfect key. I didn't have to change the key. It was, it was really bizarre how it all came together. And it, I I liked that process and I'm going to try that again because (laughs) I was, sometimes I feel like the guitar is a crutch. It's like, uh, I need a chord progression. Well, not Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. get, get a melody down and put a a chord progression to that and then work backwards. It's always Mm -hmm. kind of the give and take of, you know, what's working, what's not adjust this, adjust that. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I, I feel like I'm never satisfied with a song. <laughs> like, well, I can make it better. This line is not quite good enough. I need this, which is a good thing. Sure, sure. In the songwriting world, or it, they, they say there's there's no good songwriting. It's just good rewriting. <laughs> so, but before I just kind of write a song, that's done. Well, not really. Let's let's get back to it. And and I kind of speak more for from commercial writing, just radio friendly stuff that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hopefully, and one of my goals is to get one of my songs recorded by a big name country artist mm. or pop or rock artist, and I'm I'm digging further into songwriting and enjoying that process. And and uh, there's so many artists right now, especially in the country world, that that were songwriters. That's kind of how they got their their start. They wrote a song and Tim McGraw cut it or Kenny Chesney and all of a sudden, well, they're doing their own thing. They kind of got their foot in the door that way. And, and it's a different uh, different outlet to get your music and a different revenue stream if you can get a, a song cut by a major artist. And, yeah. Um, it's, and I just, I love the process because it's, it's never the same and it's a good way to create and, and uh, have people enjoy your music. It's, it's a, it's a cool thing. Yeah, and and what a fascinating lesson you just gave everyone the the discussion about your songwriting process and and more specifically deconstructing the song anywhere folks you you just got a master class there from from Shane. So make your checks payable to Shane Martin, mail him to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> PayPal him right. for the lesson. That was that was really yes, good stuff. Yes. But you know, when you just started to say there I would love to someday where I thought you were going to go with that was Back in the day, you had a song of yours placed on the daytime drama The Young and the Restless, and then later you had another song placed in the documentary. So with film and TV placement being such a big thing for artists these days, is that something that you aim for, or is that not really on your priority list? It definitely is, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's kind of always in the back of my mind because I hear about that too, just different revenue streams, and I when you're scrolling through social media, there's always somebody talking about, you know, the live music world is, is in disarray. Here's a different way you can get your music out there. And that was, um, back when I had those songs on that young and the restless and that, uh, documentary, that was a, another Avenue and there's a little bit of income, but there's, that's a whole nother world that I kind of want to tap into, but it's, uh, it's just kind of knowing what you're doing and, and getting more into that, that world, uh, but it's definitely something I'd like to get into as I'm uh, writing songs and 
if uh, some big name artist is not looking to cut one of my songs, or maybe it can be used in a movie or a commercial or this, that. Yeah. And I know it's it's probably pretty competitive, but like anything, you just hunker down with it and, and learn how to get into that business and, and keep at it. That's right. So for me, it's just a lot of trying to juggle everything, the live sound, <laughs> the writing, and it's like, okay, where do you put your energy? <laughs> so yeah. It's probably the, the limited time that uh, that I struggle with and have that challenge, but you know, that's the music business. Well, and you did mention your wife too, so as a married guy, you also got to make time for, I think they call it a personal life, so <laughs> you can't, yeah. be, can't be Shane yeah, Martin, the sure. artist all day. Exactly. <laughs> Right. It's the priorities of that, for sure. That, that takes number one. Well, we're going to close today with another song from the Anywhere album, one called My Life Playlist. And I want you to share with the audience all about the song they're about to hear. But I'm curious to hear about the title of that song, because when you sent it to me, I thought, well, why does it say My Life Playlist? This is probably that last word's probably not supposed to be on there. So I'm anxious to hear from you about the song itself. But like I said, all also about how you came up with that title. Yeah, yeah, this song is uh, kind of a nostalgic song, and everybody kind of looks back at their younger years, and this is kind of looking back, not necessarily at my younger years, a little bit, but back in the day when you're when you're hanging out with your friends and and uh, in a farmer's field somewhere like we used to do, it, we had nothing better to do, <laughs> just go out in the farmer's field and start a bonfire and, and turn up the radio, and it's all those songs that you were listening to mm. during those good times they kind of become the soundtrack to that period of your life. Okay. And later on down the road, when you ever hear that song, it, it, it just takes you back to those those memories. And if the whole idea of the title, My Life Playlist, well, this is this is my playlist of, of my life and those good times back in, the, in that day. And I just mm. want to keep on keep on uh, replaying that, that playlist. I like it. Because it was a... It was a major part of your life and, and those good times and those memories. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I even looked at your Spotify and saw in there that it says my life playlist among the other songs that you have on there. Not that because it could be easily confused. Someone can say, yeah, if you're looking on Spotify, you saw a playlist. No, this song is actually called my life playlist. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, correct me, Shane, if, if this is inaccurate, but I think that's one of your most streamed songs, perhaps. It, it could be. I, I don't keep tabs on it, but uh, it could be. It's, it's a fan favorite, and I enjoy playing it with my full band, too. It's a good sing-along. Nice. Well, Shane, it's been great having you on the show, and all the best for 2021. It sounds like you've got uh, out of the gate pretty nicely so far. Let's hope that things hold up for all of us in terms of the pandemic, the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I wish you all the best for 2021 with all the great live shows that you're endeavoring to do. I appreciate it, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Shane Martin. Do visit his official website at shanemartin.com. I will have a link to his website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. As I've said before, you can buy his music as well as lots of merchandise from his website, Plus, of course, you can purchase downloads of Shane's music from iTunes, both the latest album called Anywhere and other music that he has put out. On his website, you will also see icons for Shane on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. So do be sure to connect with him on social media. I myself already liked his Facebook page and followed him on Twitter and Instagram. So please do the same. For that matter, tell Shane that you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Follow Shane on Spotify as well, but if you don't order through his website, then do purchase downloads of his music from iTunes. Remember to keep up with him online so you can see where and when you can go see him perform live. What can I help you with? As I said earlier, if you or someone you know has got questions, you or they need help with your or their music career, or even with podcasting, I do offer private one-on-one -on -one video consultations. My company, Now Hear This Incorporated, has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years, 
And of course, I have been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz. It's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz, as they would say in Canada. Read about the two newest clients and look for the article entitled Video Consultations Now Available and then use the link in that article to get a personal session scheduled with me. For now, that will do it for episode 371. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Shane Martin. This is the one he just talked about called My Life Playlist. I recall space cowboys and girls lighting up a farmer's field. Bonfires, live wires, all night, a sipping moonshine, spinning wheels. Singing Steve Miller a little off kilter, then I saw the cutest thing. I was the joker, just wanting to hold her, then she asked if I needed a drink. There's a song that defines a young heart.